Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuckers Bryant, and that makes this Stuff You Should Know. I'm always here for you, Josh. Yeah, hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm, okay, glad, whatever. I'm glad you are, Chuck. Sure. This is um, day two, ep- episode two in the new studio. Yes. The walls are closing in on us. I kind of like it in here now. I'm already used to it. Chuck. Josh. Um, so the Bible's been popping up in my life a lot lately. Really? Yeah. How so? Um, you, me, and I just started subscribing to Harper's. Okay. Monthly, weekly, one of those two. Uh huh. It's like this magazine from like 1889. Yeah, I know. It's, it. Okay. Um, and in the first article of the first issue that we got, it's um, there's a an, there's I guess a notes section uh-huh. by a guy who says that the Old Testament is an allegory for the Neolithic Revolution. Remember really? where we went from hunting and gathering uh-huh. to a- agriculture? Sure. And he made some really cool points, right? Interesting. Um, like, for example, Cain and Abel. Abel was a herdsman. Cain was a farmer. Cain murdered Abel. Yeah. Right? Slew. So he slew him. Uh-huh. Uh, first murder ever, as far as we know. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, I can't remember what he said about Adam and Eve, but basically, like, that's the beginning where we... It was actually kind of a cautionary tale. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like, be careful. There's all this other stuff associated with agriculture that you're not seeing. Right. Um, so I found that intensely interesting. Then you suggest we do one on the Jefferson Bible. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right? Right. Third one. Number three. This elderly woman, by all rights, she's in her 80s, 90s. Okay. Spitfire lady still, though. Sure. Doesn't like to use a blinker when she stops suddenly in parking lots when I'm right behind her. They never do. Um, so I went around her. I was a little irritated and I wanted her to know it. She lays on her horn. Really? And I stick my head out and I'm like, be quiet. And like go and park, <laughs> right? You did not. I go and park and uh, I go into the, into the, um, into Publix. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> This woman comes and finds me. Oh my goodness! And is like, "Are you the the sir? Are you the gentleman who went around me in traffic?" And blah blah blah. And she's like berating me loudly in the middle of Publix. You said, "I'm no gentleman." So finally, she ends it with, "You need to get to church." <laughs> and I, I was That's like, not "True." I swear to God, wow. I'm not kidding you. My friend Tom, my BFF Tom. Uh huh. Was on the phone with me. He can verify this. And you said Betty White is coming after me in a Publix. I wish this was Betty White. This woman was terrifying. Wow. She was wearing like clam diggers <laughs> with um, white socks pulled up, black wow. SAS shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, her skin hung loose and she had fire in her eyes. She wanted to kill me. What did you say? Did you reply anything or did you just sheepishly? I'd rather, I wasn't sheepish. You're not going to say what you said. You can tell me afterward, though, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> but I was I wasn't sheepish. I wasn't like entirely mean, but I didn't I didn't. Frankly, as you know, I quit the Boy Scouts because I think that it's a bad idea to just give blanket respect to to the old people because they're old. Okay. I've met some old jerks in my time, and this True. woman yeah, was actually yeah. one of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that's this week, man. 
three. That's an exciting week. I never talk about the Bible. It never comes up. Church never comes up. Yeah. But here we are. All right. Chuck, did Thomas Jefferson write or, or rewrite the Bible? Fact or fiction? Hey, that's old school. Yeah. Uh, Josh, that is faction because <laughs> he, um, he did not rewrite the Bible, but he did cobble together his own version of the Bible that he thought was um, valid and, and should be read. And fitting. I'll just say that. Which is actually, if you think about it, a really, a pretty pretentious and arrogant thing to do. Yeah, this wouldn't go over well in today's uh, president. If, you, if someone said Obama... Um, Put together, yeah. you know, different parts of the Bible, and said that this was what I think the Bible should be. He wouldn't last too long. No, I don't think it would have ever gone over. If Taft had done it, he would have been like run yeah. out of town on a rail. Like you can't do that. Yeah, as the early days, so you could get away with anything back then. I suspect that Thomas Jefferson had um, Aspergers, okay, from some of his uh, some of his um, his demeanor, the way he carried himself, his incredibly high level of intellect. Uh-huh. Um, I, I suspect that he had some something along those lines, right? He might have. You can also say that he could not have cared less what people thought of him. No. He did his own thing. Yeah. Highly intelligent guy. Um, and like you said, if, if, if it had come out that a president had done that, a lot of people are unaware of this, that it, it wouldn't go over very well. Which is why he didn't let it out. I don't know that that's why he didn't let it out. I think he just was doing it for himself, right? Genuinely, well, I don't think he, he was trying to be secretive about it. But you were saying like it wouldn't go over well today. There's kind, it's kind of um, fashionable in certain quarters to point out that the founding fathers were bent on founding a Christian nation. Right. It's a very contentious thing to say, although a lot of people that's how they see right. the United States, right? Yeah. I think Thomas Jefferson cutting up the Bible and cutting out all the miracles and, and right. what he considered gobbledygook yeah, yeah. kind of undermines that argument a little bit, don't you think? Well, he was a deist. It's a good time to bring that up. Uh-huh. George Washington was a deist. Benjamin Franklin. And a deist. These are what, what we call founders, I right. believe. They, are, uh, they differ from traditional Christians because they reject um, miracles, basically, a lot of the prophecies. And they, uh, it says here they embrace the notion of a well-ordered universe created by God but God then withdrew into detached transcendence. So right. they believe, like a lot of things Christians believe, but a, lo- a lot of people at the time said this was a way for you to reconcile your Christianity with all these amazing new scientific findings that we're finding that kind of fly in the face mm-hmm. of Christianity. Right, and deism was the enlightenment religion, right? Yeah. Um, and basically the way it looked at God is there's a creator God, but he's kind of like a clockmaker. And he right. created this clock of a universe, wound it up, and just stood back to, to watch it go. That's a great way to say it. Uh, and do you remember, like, in the really uber-paranoid late 90s, right before the millennium, there's, yeah, yeah. like, kind of a concept that the universe is a um, uh, the result of an alien experiment? Right. That's kind of, like, a, in the same uh-huh. vein, actually. There's some higher power. Right. That doesn't have a hand in our individual lives, but was started. created all yeah. this. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It is. So, so that was TJ. That was TJ, MBF and GW. T-Jeff. That's what he, his nickname today would be T-Jeff. His nickname today is T-Jeff. <laughs> As of now. Yeah. So um, he also was the, he penned the Declaration of Independence, we should say, which most people know. 
He was also the one who, who first elucidated the um, wall of separation between church and state. Yeah, not it did not come from the Constitution. No, but he – so there's this uh, Baptist Convention of Danbury – Yes, right? the uh, Connecticut Committee of the Danbury Baptist Association. And they wrote to Jefferson saying, is this a Christian nation or not, basically? He went, eh, sort of. <laughs> he basically pointed to, no, he said, he said, he said, no. I, I, I'm sure you agree with me that religion is between a man and his God. Right. And really eloquently said, no, there's a First Amendment. There's a, there, there's a clause in the First Amendment that says that, that, um, Congress won't, um, establish a religion. Mm-hmm. And so I, Thomas Jefferson, as president and one of the guys who wrote that, right, see it as a wall of separation between church and state. Yeah. He thought it was a very, very personal thing, religion was. Spirituality was a very personal thing. And yeah. No one should step in and tell you what to think about it. Right. It's so personal that he decided to craft his own Bible. Yes. And one of the reasons he did this, because, um, like we said, he was a deist. Deist or deist? Deist. I think you can go either way. All right, he's a deist. And he was also very skeptical of who wrote the Bible, uh, the Gospels in particular. He thought they were, quote, unlettered and ignorant. Yeah, basically how he saw the um, Bible writers um, were... Evangelists. That's where the name comes from. Yeah. Those were the Gospel writers. But they were also um, Platonics. They followed Plato. Right. And wrote around the time of Plato. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... Remember when we were talking about like Halloween, Christmas, sure. Easter, all um, the pagan holidays? Yeah, they're all pagan holidays yeah. that we've adopted and Christianized in, right. in, in an effort. Um, Easter's to, not to though, get, right? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, spring harvest. Oh, right. Or spring um, equinox. Vernal equinox, I think is what it's called, right? Yeah. Vernal and autumnal. Yes, vernal equinox. And Esoterra was a pagan goddess. Right. Anyway, um, if this is the, this is how he viewed the the Bible being written like like there was a uh, there was a person named Jesus mm-hmm. of Nazareth sure he walked awesome guy great um, philosopher incredible philosopher mm-hmm. had uh, this amazing moral code great and, drummer what, right <laughs> um, and then uh, and espoused it to people uh-huh. uh, who remembered it, passed it down orally, and then somebody finally wrote it down. Right. But when they were trying to write it down, they were also trying to establish a church. Sure. And um, so they added some magic so that they could they could bring the pagans into the fold. A.K.A. miracles. Yes. And he also believed, and this is where he, he really wouldn't jibe with today's uh, system as a politician, mm-hmm. he did not believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ. He did not believe that he was the son of God. Right. He thought that he was like Plato, essentially, like a, a spot-on philosopher. But he thought a lot of him. He said um, he wrote a letter to John Adams in 1813 and said that the book that he ended up putting together, mm-hmm. which we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that, but he said he called it the most sublime and benevolent code of morals which has ever been offered to man. Yeah, Jesus's philosophy. Yeah, so he clearly thought a lot of of Jesus's philosophy, and he thought a lot of the uh, the Greek um, philosophers. And I imagine other religious philosophers as well, but what he was saying was that what Jesus had come up with was yeah. as good as it gets. He kind of bashed Plato, though. Did you see that? Yeah. He, he read Plato in the original Greek and was like, meh. Yeah, exactly. He found it lackluster. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess he's hard to please. He read the Bible and he cut it down to 46 pages. <laughs> he did. Christopher Hitchens put it like this. And you know I Christopher Hitchens. That, yeah. he, he's, not a, he's not a big guy on, on religion. No. He kind of actively combats it. But, yeah, um, on, there's a 46-second clip 
on YouTube of Christopher Hitchens debating somebody, uh, and he describes the Jefferson Bible as what was left after Jefferson took a pair of scissors and cut out anything that could not, by any intelligent person, be believed. It makes for a slender, convenient read. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if you hate Christopher Hitchens, this is no surprise to you. If you love Christopher (laughs) Hitchens, this is no surprise. Yes, but he got one thing wrong. He apparently used a razor and not scissors. Small detail. Right. Well, originally, he went through and was was scratching stuff out. Oh, really? And then I think he went back and started cutting stuff out. Well, he probably he found himself scratching so much out, it got tiresome. He's like, I should just see cut out what I do like. Instead of scratching out what I don't like, right. because like, oh, yeah. all told, there are thirty-one thousand one hundred and three Bible verses, numbered Bible verses. Right, but he was just doing the New Testament, so we're talking seven thousand nine hundred and fifty-seven. Right, and specifically the Gospels of uh, Matthew and Luke, mm-hmm. which there, well, there was more than that, but he he used a lot for Matthew and Luke, two thousand two hundred twenty-two in Matthew and Luke, and all told, he only had the Jefferson Bible only had nine hundred ninety. Right verses. So he definitely pared down quite a bit, big time. He um he the, took out everything about edition. he yeah, and he took he took out everything about um Christ's birth, uh, the virgin birth. Yeah, that was gone. He left in the crucifixion, but it ends at the burial. There's no resurrection. Yeah, basically the the last verse was um John 19, and they ended it. His book ends with they rolled the stone in front of the sepulcher, and uh, the end. The end. <laughs> Uh, he he left a lot of the Last Supper in, but kept the uh, part of the Eucharist out. Right, like, this is my body, and which is the this sacrament, is my blood, and sure. all that. Yeah. Um, so basically, he just kept in basically the life and times of Jesus of Nazareth and his philosophy. Yeah, they in the article that he left what they called what he considered genuine events, like the Sermon on the Mount, certain parables, the way to live your life. And see, that's always been my deal. I don't want to get too personal. But you know I was raised I Baptist. Think after the last 200 episodes, <laughs> it's a little late different. for that. Yeah, I was raised Southern Baptist, and uh, it wasn't the best experience for me. But I still say, I still maintain that the Bible has is a great moral code, and there's lots of great parables that teach you how you should act as a human. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> apparently I'm in Jefferson's camp because that's what he ended up using. Sure. As uh, he ended up calling it initially the philosophy of Jesus of Nazareth. And then change that title later to the life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth. Right. And then uh, in the 1910 edition, there was a subtitle, or how to get by in Queens on a dime a day. <laughs> how long have you been working on that one? Just now, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Shut up. No, seriously. So um, it clearly wasn't called how to win fl- uh, friends and influence people because he, he this probably wasn't a very popular thing to do even back then. No, it, I'm sure it would have the same effect as uh, how to win friends and influence people, though. Yeah. Uh, but he did keep it quiet. Um, he said it was for himself. Again, I don't think he kept it quiet. I think he he was just keeping it for himself. I disagree with part A of the sentence you just said, but agree with part B. Thank you. Yeah. I have a quote from him if you want to hear from the man himself. I do. Uh, Josh is wrong. No, sorry. <laughs> he said, I performed the operation for my own use by cutting verse uh, by verse out of the printed book and arranging the matter, which is evidently his, and which is as e- easily distinguished as diamonds in a dunghill. Mm-hmm. That's kind of harsh. But he's yeah. saying that the stuff that really came from Jesus' mouth right. is the gold, the diamonds, and the dunghill. So he extracted all that. Right. And, and that was what he believed in. Well, yeah, he thought the Platonics were sellouts. That yeah. they should have just, you know, maybe not added quite so much. So what happened to it, Josh? 
what happened to it was it basically again he did it for himself um i think i i i read a reference that he did it kind of on a whim or in um uh, in response to a question from a friend of his dr benjamin rush who oh, yeah. had said like how would you characterize your view of christianity so he went about doing that i think that's where he got, got the scissors. idea yeah exactly got a razor um and it was in his private library, which apparently somebody inherited, and a Smithsonian librarian came across it. Yes, what Cyrus, I found, Cyrus Adler. What I found funny is Cyrus Adler is a uh, government employee, right. came across this, and was like, oh, I'm going to sell this to the Library of Congress. Right. You know? And they so, bought it. Yeah, they did. And they started putting it in print. Congress ordered it in print. Um, Thomas Jefferson is considered the father of the Senate. Yeah. Uh, he was the first vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, and he wrote the rules of the Senate. Right. Uh, that are still in use today. Uh, he just did it because he was bored one day. Sure. Asperger's. Same reason he cut up the Bible. Yeah. Um, and so Congress, um, Congress started publishing, I think it published like 9,000 copies. Yeah. And even still today, it's, um, a customary welcome gift to new members of Congress. I find that interesting. Yeah. A They're lot like, of the same Congress who are like, oh, this is a Christian nation. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still in there. That's that's the diamond. But it is very interesting that they would give an altered version of the Bible as a gift. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not as odd as if they were to give, like, Aleister Crowley's memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was definitely a little odd. I, when I read that, I, I was slightly shocked. Yeah. Well, it, it, it kind of comes, it kind of reveals a certain disingenuousness, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Possibly. Makes you think, at least. Well, and it lets you know what was in Thomas Jefferson's mind. And he's easily one of the most fascinating historical figures we have. Yeah. You got anything else? No. If you want to know more about the Jefferson Bible, you can read this pretty cool article by uh, Jane McGrath. You can find it online. The whole Bible. You can do both. How about? Sure. Let's get some people to the site first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you just type in Jefferson Bible in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and then after that, you might as well just go read the Jefferson Bible, right? Yes. Yes. Which leads us to listener questions. So, yeah, we, we put out a call on Facebook a couple of weeks ago for questions, and we got bombarded. So we're actually having to do this in installments because there were a lot of good questions. These are the this Really? We need new questions, man. These, no, no, no. These no are, old. No, these are brand new. Oh, um, they are. You're lying. <laughs> two weeks ago, but they're still new because we haven't used them. So we're going to bust through a lot of these pretty quickly. Uh, Chuck says, who's taller between Josh, Chuckers, and Jerry? Uh, Josh is the tallest. At a robust six feet or so. Mm-hmm. I'm six about, feet on the nose. I'm about 5'10". Jerry, how tall are you? Jerry's 5'8". Behind the curtain, five eight. <laughs> Go ahead. I've got one from Colin. Uh, who would win in a fist fight, Ira Glass or Josh? I think it would be a. Um, we can actually size. We size them up physically in person now. I think it would be like a, um, a humiliating slap fight for both guys. <laughs> right. I don't know that there would be a fight. It'd be more like. Um, do you remember uh, Adam Goldberg in uh, Days and Confused? Yes. Do you remember when he's Great being pulled scene. off, uh-huh. or when when um, Nikki Katz uh-huh. being pulled off of him? Yeah. I think it would be like that, but both of us. Yeah. Both of us is Adam Goldberg. Right. Yeah. Uh, Trip says, uh, can you finally reveal the name of the big box appliance store that um, did not do Chuck right with his extended warranty? 
I don't think that that would be very smart. Do you know that even I don't know what it is? I don't think that would be very brand smart to do, Josh. So I'm not going to. (laughs) Thank you, Trip, for the question. Wow. Chuck. Uh, I'm not reading this one. Okay. So here's another one from Natalie. Uh, would you consider doing a six degrees of separation from your listeners? I go first. My sister Kathleen went to Redan High School with Chuck. Kathleen Egan. Awesome. So that's not a question. It even ends in an exclamation point. Yeah. I got it. Tom says, what's it like being so old, Chuck? Tom, it is awesome. Go ahead. Okay. Here's one from Hannah. Which is better, cake or pie? What do you call a soft drink? I call it soda. My hubby calls it pop. That's two questions. I call it Coke. I call it Coke as well. I grew up calling it pop. Yeah. Uh, what's better, cake and pie? Uh, actually, there's nothing better than a good cake pie. Yeah. I like cake. Cake pie. I like pie, too. Brittany. Oh, this is Brittany from New York. And actually, to answer that question, pie is better. Okay. Remember Brittany? Brit Brit? Yes. Uh, Brittany says, does Hippie Rob participate in the SYSK drinking game, which we don't sanction? No one knows where Hippie Rob is. And if so, is he the all-time record holder? Uh, I don't even know that Hippie Rob knows that SYSK exists. Of course he doesn't. I don't think he does. Uh, So this one's from Bobby. What are your favorite bands of all times or your favorite songs? My favorite band of all time, clear winner, is the Pixies. Chuck? Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll probably go with, like, The Who or Pavement. Maybe Zeppelin. Meh. Meh. Uh, Brianna, our, our favorite uh, fan, Brianna, says, what were your first impressions of each other? I thought Josh was like me when I first met him, and it turns out he sort of is, and he's sort of not. That's <laughs> not true at all. No, I knew we were like fellow... Um, I thought you were a cool guy. Reformed uh, bad boys. <laughs> yeah. You had that pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. That yeah. was the dead giveaway. I've got one from Ebba. How does Jerry work? She doesn't. Oh, not true. Go ahead. Um, Christopher, what's it like living in Hotlanta, particularly now that the summer's starting? It is awful. And I grew up here, and yeah, it's, it's nasty. still awful, and it's not like you get used no, to it. No, it's gotten exponentially worse, yeah. even since I moved down here in 1990. It's terrible. You can't breathe. It's like you're swimming outside. Yeah. Uh, I got one more. Shoot. Uh, this one is from Mark. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flying. Invisibility. Okay. Well, those are the questions. Thank well, no, you I'm not done yet. Okay. I got two more quick ones, Josh. Sean says, would you like cheese with that? Always, of course, is the answer to that question. Okay. And uh, Joe says, what is the best, most unique piece of free swag anyone has sent you? And I think we just got it this week. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the root suit. Are you? Yeah. The root suit, for those of you that are always Sunny in Philadelphia fans, is the Green Man costume mm-hmm. that Charlie wears. Mm-hmm. And so I requested a Green Man outfit. And you won't take it off. And I got it, and I wrote the guy today and said, thank you so much for the Green Man thing. I'm really excited. And he said, your life, your new life begins now. Your new life of leaving absolutely nothing to the imagination, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. It's disturbing. Nobody wants to see this. So uh, if you have a question for us, go join our Facebook fan page, Jerk. It's uh, facebook.com, yada, yada, stuff you should know. Follow us on Twitter, uh, SYSK Podcast. And as always, you can send us an email. We still like those. It's very, you know, late 90s, but still, it, it's cute. Uh, you can send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?